Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Febo. It's been an interesting month in the world of tennis. The return of Novak Djokovic, Angelique Kerber's stunning Wimbledon run, Serena Williams, Kevin Anderson, and much more. We're going to review all of that and more on Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. It's been about five weeks since our last show. Been a bit of a break, busy times here in Melbourne, and uh, but we do have the band back together today, and we have plenty to get through on the show. But without further ado, we'll introduce the panel, and Josh Campbell is here. He's been fighting glandular tonsillitis, and he's back, he's roaring, he's ready to go. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Feeling much better now? Feeling much better. Excited to talk tennis again. It's been five weeks, and it's felt a lot longer. It has it has felt a lot longer, hasn't it? It feels like so much has happened over that well, last... Well, we've, we've missed the second half of the French Open and all of Wimbledon. No, we did the second half of the French. Did we do the we second? Did, we did that. That's That, that was done. So we, okay. did, we got through that, but um, yeah, it was pretty much the whole, memory, that one, but... the whole grass court uh, swing, I don't think we did, so... No, no we haven't done any of the grass, and, yeah. the last, and it's only a month period as well, and no, you get straight into the hard court. It goes so quick, so time does fly, but Josh, great to have you here, and Joel Frucci, well, he's been gallivanting across <laughs> Europe and loving life in the World Cup, he went to... He went back to Wimbledon. We we often hear on this show, Josh, how how Josh how Joel. I've done it again. How Twice. Joel Joel did go to Wimbledon uh, back in 2016. I'm pretty sure it was. Mm-hmm. And now he's back. He's he's gone to Wimbledon again. There were no people there and no he's grass. Done but, it again. But uh, Joel, how are you? Great to have you back. Thanks, mate. Yeah, going well. Going well. Uh, how was the trip? Uh yeah, it was uh, it was incredible to say the least. Um, yeah, lots of highlights. Um, yeah, probably Russia was the best uh, with, with the with the World Cup. That was incredible, and then yeah, going to Wimbledon again. That was um, that was that was good fun. It's uh, as as great as I remember it. Um, yeah, yeah, except um, no grass. Yeah, yeah, they were they <laughs> they, they, they changed under the grass. Uh, they changed over the grass. Uh, unfortunately, planting for next year. So obviously, they didn't remember me or recognize me. Which well, is as I said on the pre, bit, uh, as I said on the pre podcast video, why didn't you call them? They would have known mm. that Joel Fruji from Breakpoint Podcast is coming is coming down. <laughs> and, you know, I just think that's poor form on the All England Club. All right, well, easily the most famous podcast in the world. Like, nothing oh, comes close to us. No, I don't so, think so. Just a lack of recognition, a little bit of disrespect. Well, no one comes close to us, at least in this, like, kilometre radius. Yeah. So, no, I think, I think we're doing okay. <laughs> I think we're the kings of podcasting, brother. Yeah, I think we're doing okay. But also, Joel, now, you said that y- you did a tour of the All England Club. And mm-hmm. w- what was the highlight for you? So, you would have seen the trophies, press room, on a roll, yeah. centre court. Uh, court 18 where the longest match ever was played and what was the highlight for you yeah well there were a lot of highlights but probably um would have to be seeing inside of center court um you know basically the the center of the, the the tennis universe uh essentially um so that was yeah that was a real highlight getting to see the inside um beautiful beautiful court um and uh yeah i mean like it was it was all great and seeing the honors board actually in the the winners board um was was good too um Just and federer 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly, and and the trophies as well. Um, yep. And let, let me just say, actually, the the Wimbledon Museum is phenomenal. It's it's really good. I'd, I'd recommend it. Um, like I'd recommend the tour, but um, I, I would strongly advise seeing the museum. Uh, don't don't skip it. Well, no, I mean, well we wouldn't anyway. It's a tournament pride on tradition, so I'd assume a museum would have just an incredible amount of like past knowledge and yeah. Just yeah. memorabilia yeah it's 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 got it's literally the, the entire history of of the sport and the great thing about it as well is it's not it's not what you'd really associate with Wimbledon being all you know traditional and and formal it's it's yeah. very very interactive there's actually 
um, there's a, actually a, a game that you can do in there. It's the uh, it's the, the Novak Djokovic, um, you know, the waking up exercise he does with the the the, pad, oh, the, yeah, the paddy whack yeah. thing, and it's actually got balls that it's got all these balls that light up on the, and the idea is that you've got to you've got to react and and press yeah. the ball just and just. Kind of like they won those at the Australian Open this year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you just and you can see, um, you, you see how many you can get within a certain time frame. And I think, I think the uh, the the highest tally was uh, was forty nine. The best I got was thirty five. So it's, it's that's not bad. It's it's quite I difficult, got but four. I four. Yeah, I, I got I got aced a lot of times. So yeah, and no, I would have got four. That would not have gone well for me. But uh, fantastic stuff, Joel. It is good to have you back in Melbourne, though. Good to have the band back together. And speaking of you being at Wimbledon a couple of weeks before, there was an actual tournament. Believe it or not. That uh, that we completely missed, but look, it wasn't. I don't think this Wimbledon set the world on fire. Is it because Novak terms, won? No, not at all. I just, I thought that was a great story. Um, you did, okay. Yeah. That's, no, I, I that was. A, I'm surprised those words are coming that, out of your mouth. That was a great story. It was. But, it is a fantastic story. But I think just it lacked. It really lacked, and I, I don't know. The the results were good. There were a lot of upsets, but it just. I don't know. There was something about this tournament. The semi-finals had a lot of drama. Some of the quarterfinals did, and um, obviously, and but the two finals were really plain boring, underwhelming, underwhelming, boring. I, I, th- I think boring's pushing a little bit. Um, I think just the natural aura that a Wimbledon final has always going to bring it up a level. Um, but it didn't have that. I, 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 felt, I, I honestly, I felt, I, I felt like the the. Game quality necessarily wasn't that great, but I still felt it had a bit of that atmosphere, which is why I wouldn't have considered it boring. Because I still, I still felt that little bit of um, intensity and that pressure that they were playing when I was watching it. Yeah. Well, the men's final, I didn't. I knew that was over after one game. As soon as Anderson got broken in that first game, mm. that was it. And I'm sure this this will lead to um, a, a later point, but I mean, let, let's face it, Kevin Anderson was really at a disadvantage, um, you know, before the match even started. Why is that? Just this, the this, the finally played against John Isner. The semi, uh, yeah, but the thing is, Novak would have been at just the same disadvantage. He played his yeah, well, semi yeah, against, similar, similar. His semi against Rafa. Not quite though. Didn't go as long, but they had to come out and play the next day. Mm. So yeah. that's that's where Djokovic would have been at the disadvantage. But yeah, it was it was dis- I think who, whoever won that semi between Djokovic and Nadal, I think everybody knew was going to win the tournament. Well. uh... Oh, coming into the final, I thought that, but immediately after the semi-final, I just thought that the way that both Isner and Anderson were playing, I thought if they were just able to back up their serving, that they'd able to knock off either the yeah. Novak or the um, Rafa of the world. And Anderson didn't until the third set when yeah. he served for it and had a chance to, to push it to a fourth, but now he's made two slam finals and has been underwhelming in both of them now. So um, you come to think of it now, like has he had his chance at two? Or, I thought he had know, his chance at one. So. Yeah, so who knows? Well, look, yeah, I, I, that's I, true. I, I don't think we should talk necessarily about the negatives, about Kevin Anderson yeah. not making final. Look, what an un- impressive it was for him to make the final. In the first what place. an unbelievable story that was. The he, court, the- he's came from eighteen months ago when Ryan Tennyson called him rubbish, trash, trash, <laughs> same thing. And he's come back and he's um yeah he's now now made two finals. He's um well yeah at thirty two years old he's peaked. He's world number five now. Beat Roger Federer, the defending champ, from two sets to love up only. That had only happened on four other occasions, and I wanted to break the TV. I wanted to break. It, the t- it was a phenomenal match to watch, though. It was, but you, I wanted take to the, take the. I wanted the to bias break out of it. But. I was devastated. Yeah, <laughs> I was crushed. I'm not going to lie. Um, but look, unbelievable effort for Manderson. John Isner again has played now the two most longest ma- the two longest matches in tennis history. Um, and both of them at Wimbledon. Yeah, and he's won one, lost one now. So, um, look. 
brilliant stuff from Kevin Anderson, but Novak Djokovic winning the title. I, I Look, I'll admit it. I thought he was so far off. I thought the US Open might be his best chance to make an indent at, the, at a Grand Slam. Did well to get to the quarters at the French. But now looking back, Marco Cecchinato's win over him at the French Open is a pretty damn good win. Yeah. Um, Considering what's happened, what's transpired. It was already big when it happened, but the longer that it's gone on, the more impressive it looks. Mm, well, Novak Djokovic has won a 13th major now and gone through one fourth Wimbledon title. Looked at such ease in that final but I think what uh, what got me the most Joel was his mental tenacity was back his skills aren't there yet they're mm. not back to his invincible best because he was still making Rafa look stronger that whole fifth set I'm still not sure how Djokovic won it mm. and but, we have to remember as well I'm sorry to cut you off Al, but right. we have to remember as well that um, there was that little uh, dispute about on day two whether they play with the roof open or with the roof closed and Rafa got his way as well no Rafa didn't want it closed Rafa wanted it open. He was angry. Oh, it was the other way. That's right. Yeah, so Rafa, Rafa was angry about um, the roof. But look, I think after every Grand Slam loss he's had this year, Rafa has complained about something. Yeah. <laughs> so look, it's... Oh, he's got more reason to complain. We'll get onto that shortly. Well, no, he doesn't because he's breaking the rules. But we will talk... Well, we will like, talk. Yeah, he will complain. About we that. will talk about that. So, but look, I reckon they'll just be just as lenient with these time constraints. But look, Novak Djokovic, what a wonderful story it was considering where he was. He said he was in a very dark place. He still... Look, I think there's still some lingering problems off the court, but I think this masks a lot of them right now and just gets himself back to... Back are, into the are, top Are you kind of seeing now the point I was trying to get across a few months ago? Kind of. Because you, you weren't seeing it at all. You thought no, Novak well, nobody was, dead, was. Dead, in, dead in the water. I still saw it. I didn't. I, I, I saw the glimpses of it. I knew he had the potential. Yeah. It's it's, just, he, need, he needed to make a change, whether, I don't know what it was with his coaching staff, whether he had to make a change mentally, whether he had to cha- make a change physically, but whatever he's done is working really well. No, it definitely has. He's gone back to Marion Vida, yeah. as he should have never left Vida in the first place. And look, he's back winning slams. So what a wonderful two weeks it was for him. And I reckon now he's almost one of the... Well, probably top three favourites for the US Open. Based off form, he'd be the favourite for yep. the US Open. Not, uh, I reckon Rafa would probably be favourite, and then Djokovic would either be second or third. So, brilliant stuff from him. But also, Angelique Kerber, her third major. She's won at three of the four majors now, and the second person ever to beat Serena Williams in a slam final twice. Only five women have... Can you guys name me the five? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some trivia. Uh, so Kerber's won She's done it twice So five women to beat Serena twice No, five women to beat Serena in a Grand Slam final In a final, okay Is it yep. one of them Venus? Yep, so she's the she's the other one to have done it twice, twice. Uh, So there's I'm Trying to go so through this now uh, There's oh. Capriati? No So they're all, all three of them are still playing Oh, okay There's one really glaring one Six-time Grand Slam champion, blonde. I'm, bl- I'm blanking. Oh, Marie Sharapova. Yep, yeah. she's done it. Blanking here. Oh four Wimbledon. Now, there's two others. Uh, One was at a French Open. Certain Spaniard. Oh, Gabinia. Yep. The other one, 2011 US Open final. So, so we... Oh, 2011, okay. You guys are Oh, Sam- Samantha. Yep, Stoza. Yeah. Oh. So who would have thought Samantha Stoza is one of five women to have beaten Serena Williams in a Grand Slam final? At her home slam, nonetheless, too. So, glare. I think that that should go above any sort of choking uh, slander that we hey, we give to Stoza. We do, or, I think we do. Uh, I guess underrate that win 
No, of we course we do. Because we don't think about that win too much. But that, that was a monumental win with everything that Sam had to overcome yeah, to win that final. That's the only word for it, monumental. But yes, Angelique Kerber, going back to her brilliant, brilliant two weeks, looked so strong, looked back to her best of two years ago when she was the dominant player on the tour. Um, she'd run into Simona Hallett twice at Grand Slams this year, pushed her to three Australian Open semi, French Open quarter. Hallett went out, Kerber took the reins and just beat everybody and was so supreme in that final, negated every bit of power that Serena had and unfortunately for, for Williams, she stranded on 23 up until mm. the US Open. That was her golden chance. And look, with what happened this morning against Johanna Conta, questions come in whether Serena, you know, it's just going to be a two-week period where Serena feels good. She might not feel good. Was that fatigue? Or... I don't know. Like... The like, draw. So the... For, for people who don't know, like Conta beat Serena Williams six one six love this morning. Mm. I that it seems unfathomable that that, that could have happened. Like I'd, Serena's not someone who gets beaten that easily. No, and Joel, you saw a bit of it. Mm. Did it look? I don't know what did Serena just look really laconic and tired. It something didn't seem right because the way I saw it was that, especially on on serve, she didn't really have a great deal of push off. Um, sort of from what I could tell, she wasn't she wasn't really leaping into her serve, um, yeah. and she yeah she she double faulted a lot actually, and some really uncharacteristic moments. Um, I think it was in the first uh, first set, um, handing over one of the four breaks uh, at that time. Uh, obviously, there were many more than that, but at the time it was the fourth break. She actually double faulted yeah. on a. Uh, on a break point, which was was very uncharacteristic, and she rare. she just she just didn't really look at the races. Um, so yeah, I, I just I don't think there's I think there's something amiss there. Um, which you know it, it would be understandable to say you know it's a physical thing given all the I guess mm. all the the pressures that's come with her new chapter. So yeah, well to be honest, I am kind of glad that Serena didn't win Wimbledon because I personally I don't know about you guys, but maybe it might have given tennis a negative look. Because I think there's a, there's a time now, and this is the opportune time for it, that the WTA needs to look past the Serena Williams era. The ATP mm. do it brilliantly with Next Gen, and the WTA don't advertise their young stars enough. And I think if Serena came out and won, I mean, that's would not have been her fault. No, 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 not at all, not at all. But I think if Serena had have come out and won, awesome, amazing feat for her. But the problem is she's just come out and completely blitz the whole field in her second Grand Slam back since giving birth. Do, is that a blight on the rest of the WTA that they can't beat her after she's well, had that so, long off? I don't know if you could... Like, how are you blaming... Like, I wouldn't be blaming the WTA. I'd be playing the actual the WTA athletes. Cause it's no, just, that's what I'm saying. They're coming up against... Um, no, that's what I'm saying. I, is it a blight on the athletes? I disagree. I disagree. You know? I, no, I, I just think we've got... We've got uh, a, a unique athlete on the yeah. certainly on the women's side, the, the greatest female tennis player we'll ever see. Yeah. Um. And look, I, to to be honest, like I don't I don't really see an issue with it. I mm. mean, sometimes you know, we we always sort of talk about how Serena does dominate it, and yeah. it, can, it can be boring for the sport. But, um, I mean, you we're know, seeing history. Yeah, we are we are seeing we are seeing history, and I actually think it, it, it's it's quite a good story to to see. Um, you know, a, a mother winning slams, coming back from from that and, and winning slams, um, and you know, it, it really for me just adds, um, you know, another 
another another string to this bow that Serena has a really you know incredible story. Yeah. Um, just to to say that she can keep dominating the field as as a mother, I don't really think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, yeah, certainly we we can say that you know maybe it is a blight on on the rest of the competition that um, you know that no one can sort of use that disadvantage in quotation marks to catch up. But it it it, it also at the same time you really just have to have would have to marvel at you know, um, just how, how great an athlete Serena yeah. is, that yeah. she can deal with that and still keep everyone at bay. No, you make a fair point. Uh, athletes like her don't come around. Yeah, often. no, and they don't. And look, you make a fair point, Joel, and I think the thing is a lot of people would say that Federer and Nadal did it after having six months off and th- and four months off. So back in 2017, I mean, Australian I do, Open. I do. The next gen idea that the ATP have implemented is fantastic because mm. it is trying to promote this new generation and obviously the WTA isn't making that same level of contribution. No. But... Um, you talk about the dominance that Federer and Nadal and Djokovic had. It's close to, but I don't think it compares to the dominance Serena's had over the sport in the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. No, and look, I don't think so as well. And it's, I don't know, I sort of have been leaning a few different ways at this at this sort of notion at whether it is it was bad if Serena did win Wimbledon. She didn't. Um, so I still think, I think if she wins the US Open now, it's okay. But... I just thought if she got to a slam final at Wimbledon and ended up winning it in her second slam back, I just thought, well, geez, it really didn't take much for her to come back and, you know, she's only been back for a, for yeah. a couple of months. Well, see, the, things, the thing is, these things happen naturally anyway. Superstars come naturally. They're very rarely produced. It comes from just winning constantly. So when Serena does retire, you will have the next generation of WTA stars make themselves famous. Yeah, and I, I think that's what we're coming to at the moment. We've seen a lot of new slam winners. Yeah. And I'm hoping that continues. I hope the WTA just gets a couple of influxes of winners now, and then then someone will start to dominate. Well, that's again. why the Ostapenko win last year was so fantastic. Well, all of them: Stevens, um, Halep winning, Wozniak finally was, breaking through. The thing was, a lot of those were established players. When you had someone like Ostapenko, who was a relatively unknown, coming yeah. out and winning um, a final, I think that talked a lot about the next generation for the WTA. Yeah. Nah, definitely. And look, we'll move. We'll move on. Uh, that in that sense, the Wimbledon final, the two storylines, even though it was an underwhelming final, the storylines coming out of it were, as we've said over the last year, the WTA narrative. I think this has just added more more chapters to that book, and we'll move on to the the fifth set debate. Now, you got two sides of this story: the people that are going, "Oh, it's gone too long. It's you know twenty six, twenty four. Where's the fun in that? This is just getting boring now." And then you've got the others going, no, this is bloody fantastic. And then you've got those idiots in between who are saying, oh, we hated that Isner Anderson match, but this Djokovic Nadal match is fantastic. So it, there's a massive double standard in where people are lying. And a lot of people who were calling for Wimbledon to make it maybe a 12 all tiebreak or something like that, because it rarely does get to 12 all. But do you guys think that there should be any change? Should we leave it at an advantage fifth well, set? It I, doesn't happen enough for me. I would have my opinion taken away from whether it's better for the sport or not and mm. focus just on myself, which is I love stats. Yeah. I love stats so much. I love seeing new records getting broken. I don't want this new tiebreak thing to come in because I love seeing uh, two brilliant stirs going head to head and breaking records with how much, how good they are at keeping serve. Yep. I Look, I agree. The, the, the Djokovic and Nadal was basically just how even they were as competitors. But the um, Isner Anderson match showed two brilliant servers going head to head. I loved watching it. Yeah, and Joel, um, I'm I'm actually in favour of this this sort of compromise that they've been speaking about. Which, as you said, Val, I think it's twelve all twelve twelve, where they where they move into a tiebreak. I'm actually in favour of that because you kind of get the best of both worlds. 
Um, but look, the way I see it is that, you know, you've, you've, you do have a, um, a potentially a, uh, majorly slighted, um, you know, final or next round match, whatever it is. Um, you know, if, if one match goes the distance and just keeps going and going and going and, you know, the other match is done in what, 90 minutes or however, yeah. however long it is. So I guess you, you do have, um, you know, you do have the potential for those, for those imbalanced matches, but I guess then you can, you can sort of argue that, you know, well, you know, that's why you're meticulous with your preparation. That's why you've got all the fitness yeah. people around you. But, you know, um, certainly the amount of tennis that you, the amount of tennis that you play and the amount of time that you spend on court, if you're, if you're locked in a, a grueling five set battle that goes in, into the twenties, the, the then there's, there's no doubt that that's going to have a, um, you know, a physical, a physical impact, no matter how good your, your fitness people are. So I, I, I think certainly there, there, there should be a cutoff and it, especially with, um, especially with tournaments like Wimbledon, for example, where we've got the local, local cutoff time of 11 o'clock, um, you know, that is the I, most stupid thing I've ever heard. But yeah, it mightn't be great, but I guess it is a. We've got to remember remember that Wimbledon is in the middle of a residential area for two weeks. Um, like, in, come on, it's two yeah, weeks of your life. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a the, grand slam. It's in the middle. It's it's quite close to housing and yeah. All but that's what things, I'm saying. So. These residents, it's two weeks of your life. Like, <laughs> come on, oh, calm, to, calm down. To be fair, I don't I don't really blame them. To be fair, but like, I guess when when we do have those 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 circumstances, we should really be trying to avoid games you know being split over two days because then we have these conflicts like we have with with Rafa and, and Djokovic about uh things like the roof being open or closed so I guess there's a lot of things we, we take into consideration but um yeah I, I almost buy into the the less is more type thing yeah. into, well, in that sense well, what, like, what, what oh sorry just really wanted to suggest what if you just like started the day an hour earlier so that like the night session instead of well, that's starting the thing. at seven could start at six that's the thing just start play they start center court and court one an hour, an hour and a half later than all the other courts. Start them all at the same time. Yeah. If you want to get through, they couldn't get through two men's matches in one day. That's pathetic. Yeah, Australia would get Australia. Even the French Open would bloody get that done. That that's how poor it was from the from a Wimbledon organizer's standpoint. And look, I, I think I I agree with what you make some good points, but I like not knowing when a match is going to end. Same. If you've got a fifth set, especially this is why the US Open, I'm not the, a massive fan of this rule. You get to a tie break, you know that the climax of this match is right now. Yeah. I don't want to know. Like, I, I love the the way that it, it's in, how enthralling things yeah, are. When, you, when we get to 10 all in a fifth set, yeah. you just don't know yeah. when things are going to end. It I, could be now, it could be in an hour's time. I agree, but I, I just, I, I hate the thought of disruption. Um, I, and that, that's, it, just yeah. it just changes the matter. And I guess we are talking about professional level, but what's to say that, you know, a player, you know, f- finishes one day, goes back and then has a, a shocking sleep or something and then comes back the next day and just has a, a terrible day of it. Um, yeah, and that's, know, that, that that completely changes the course. Finds out of his match. wife's cheating on him, like anything could happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly, but look, it's uh, that's a very drastic point there. <laughs> you never know. Extremely. You never look, know. It, it, it could, but I think you've taken that to a to a level a hundred kilometers away from where we were. But yeah, I, look, I get what you mean in terms of disrupt, disruption, but I don't think it happens enough. It's like a draw in AFL. Every time a draw happens, people say there's extra time. There's maybe one draw per year. I don't think it happens enough for for players and organizers to get their heads in a knot. I just I 
just don't think... I don't know. I, I don't think there should be change, but eventually it'll happen. Eventually, Grand Slams will be played over best of three sets because people will complain, start to complain that five set matches are too long. That's how. That's where we're going. It seems, which is really disappointing. That, so, is, that is disappointing. I hope that doesn't happen. Well, I've got a feeling that's going to happen in our lifetimes at mm. some point because people start to get really all. Well, I mean, we've had this discussion before. It's just because people's attention spans are getting shorter. Yeah, exactly. So. Things are going to get interesting there. But quickly, let's just do a run-through of what happened last week before we do move on. And uh, in Hamburg, it was Nikolaus Basilashvili. Who would have thought the Georgian? His first title, he's made two finals before. First title at a 500 event in Hamburg. He's more than halved his ranking. Uh, he beat Leonardo Maia, the defending champion, three sets in the final in Atlanta. It was John Isner who won his fifth uh, title in the American city over Ryan Harrison in three. In Gestard, it was Italian Matteo Berrettini over Roberto Battista Agu in straight sets for his first title. Third Italian in two weeks to win a title with Cecchinato and Fabio Fonini. In Moscow, it was Olga Danilovic over Anastasia Potapova, both in their first finals. That was Danilovic in three sets. And in Nanchang, it was Chiang Wang over Saisei Zheng, 7-5, for love with a retirement there. So plenty more still to come on Breakpoint Podcast. Val Ferbo, Josh Campbell, Joel Frucci here with you reviewing the world of tennis for the week and the last month apparently as well. Um, we'll get through to the rankings very shortly. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo, Josh Campbell, and Joel Frucci here with you reviewing the world of tennis action over the last week. And we've still got plenty more to get through. Rankings uh, have changed significantly since the last time we were here, but we'll go through the results from last week. And uh, Joel, your domain is the men's top 10. There wasn't a change the last week, but it's been a few changes over the last month. And some, some guys sitting high and some guys sitting a lot lower than we thought they would be. Yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, it is all the same. Rafael Nadal out in front, still followed by Roger Federer, Alex Verev three, Juan Martín Del Potro four, Kevin Anderson fifth, Grigor Dimitrov six, Marin Cilic seven, Dominic Team eight, Big John Isner nine, and Novak Djokovic in ten. There we go, Novak Poor Djokovic Marin back. Cilic. In- yeah, what happened to his world number one? <laughs> it's not happening. It's not yeah, happening. It is first. Year. I'm I'm very wrong. No, uh, it's been it's been a lot longer than uh, than that. Well, I'm just saying you heard it from my voice first. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. I was going to say, like, you've, you've been wrong a lot. A lot uh, okay, a lot okay, they'll move on. <laughs> um, the Aussies, Nick Kyrgios, up one to 17. John Millman, up one to 49, inside the top 50 firmly now. Matt Abden, also in the top 50, up five to 50. Uh, Alex Demonor, down four to 72. Jordan Thompson, up one to 97. Jason Kubler, up three to 105. Bernard Tomic, up two to 153. Tanasi Kokonakis, up eight to 164. Alex Bolt, up three to 166. And Mark Polman, up one to one seventy eight. So a few Aussies there inside the top two hundred. The risers and sliders of the week. We'll start with your riser, Joel. Uh, yeah, just because I made the uh, the terrible mistake and went full skippy on this guy, I will pick him as my riser of the week. Nicholas Hardy up sixteen to fifty three, which is also a career high. And uh, yes, it is Hardy and not Jerry. Who would say Jerry? Honestly, <laughs> you ten minutes ago. Thanks, Val. Um, Don't worry, I said no it worries. off there. I said it yeah, off there. Yeah, you Josh. did too. I just thought I'd throw Josh under the bus also, because <laughs> um, it's it's just Josh. Being I'll make wrong. it better because I'm going to absolutely mess up this pronunciation. It's up, Josh being wrong day. Up forty six to thirty five. Uh, Nicholas Batalishvili. 
Basilashvili. Basilashvili. Yeah. Good effort. That's, you you that's, did okay. That's you did all right. than I was expecting. No, you did all right. Uh, he's up. What is he? He's up, up 46 spots to 35. And about to be seated, would be seated for the first time in his career, I think. For a Grand Slam, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. He's still got to move up three more spots. But uh, mine's uh, Matteo Berrettini of Italy, up 30 spots to 54th in the world after winning the title in Gestart last week. Sliders of the week, Joel. Uh, yeah, Tennis Sangren down four to 58. Really hasn't rediscovered the, uh, the form, uh, he showed at the Australian Open. So, uh, dare I say, always well, his grandfather called Tennis, that's from Tennessee, who doesn't play tennis, won't be very happy with his tennis right now. <laughs> that is funny. That's still funny. It's, it, oh, it's still, it's still one of the best things, one of the best things I've heard. Mm. Um, and Josh. Uh, Jiri Vesely down 15 spots to 89 now. Yeah, he, he was defending down. points from the tournaments last week. Yeah, well, he slipped down a lot, hasn't he? Very disappointing. Mine's that Leonardo Meyer down 15 to 51st in the world. Couldn't defend his title in Hamburg. I thought he was a lot further down than that. So good on him to, to be up at 36 in the world at, at this point of his career. He's been around a while. Uh, uh, the WTA top 10, Josh. Oh, there's a lot of changes since then. It's been about five weeks now. Uh, no changes this week, though. Uh, at number one, Simona Halep. At two, Caroline Wozniacki. At three, Sloane Stevens. At four, Angelique Kerber. Five, Alina Svitolina. Six, Caroline Garcia. Seven, Gabine Muguruza. Eight, Petra Kvitova. Nine, Caroline Pliskova. And rounding out the top 10, Julia Georges. Yeah, Pliskova very low. Uh, Julia Georges in the top 10, uh, uh, Ostapenko out of the top Sloan 10. Sloane Stevens at three. Yeah, wow. Well, two Grand Slam finals out of the last out of the last four. Pretty damn good. Uh, the Aussies, Ash Barty at 16. Daria Gavrilova at 23. Samantha Stoza, 64, was out of the top 100 after the French Open. So good stuff for her to get herself back inside that uh, top 70. Isla Tomjanovic down three to 68. Arena Rodionova down four to 148. Lizette Cabrera down two to 153. Olivia Rogovska down four to 159. Priscilla Hon also down. She's down nine to 173. Jamie Fullis up one to 205. And Destiny Iava down two to 230. Five might not be her destiny for top hundred this year. Oh, so I thought I, I thought I, I'd try. I surely have used that before. I don't think we have. I thought I it feel were... like I, I feel like we have. Maybe the it's first time obvious. we. It is too obvious, yeah. but I don't think we've done it. I will have to look through the archives. Yeah, I think so. But uh, risers and sliders of the week. Joel, start with your riser. Uh, I've got Magna, Magda Lynette, who's up eighteen uh, to sixty-two. Hasn't been a particularly good couple of months uh, for Poland in sport, but that's a little speck <laughs> of light for them. Just thought you'd throw that one in there. Ouch. No points at the World Cup. Uh, and yours, Josh? Uh, up seven spots to 35, Alexandra Sasnovich. Fantastic. And mine is, uh, well, Xiang Wang, the Chinese woman. She's up 25 to 53 after winning the title in uh, Nan Chang Sliders of the Week. Uh, speaking of, oh, I've got Shui Peng. So she's down 29 to 81. Had a yep. quite a poor year. And I believe it's... Uh, She's only been past one third round, I think, in all tournaments this season, yeah, she which struggled. was actually in China. Yeah, she struggled big time. And yours, Josh? Uh, well, another check. Katarina Siniakova down 14 spots to 59. So two sliders, two checks. Yeah, well, mine, uh, my check, riser... <laughs> oh, God. My, uh, my riser and slider on the WT have a bit of a Chinese flavor and both have the same last name, Wang. Yafan Wang, she's down 22 to 93, so couldn't defend some points, I think, from Nunchung last year. So, uh. I guess I haven't won in a while. Oh, God. That's, I, I've opened a can of worms that, worms that I shouldn't have opened. Um, so that's the rankings done. Our tournament tipping competition, that's back. So we're going to give our picks for our next, uh, for next week's or this week's tournament. Uh, this week's tournaments, I should say. Uh, I'm on 57, Joel on 50, Josh languishing behind on 38. So he still says he's going to make a comeback, but, uh, I don't see it happening anytime soon. But there is five tournaments this week. So could, 
Could make be. up some ground. Who knows? Up some ground, I reckon. Who knows? But that's uh, still to come on Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo, Josh Campbell, Joel Frucci here with you. Up next, previewing this week's action. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo, Josh Campbell, Joel Frucci here with you talking you through the world of tennis. We've done the rankings. We've done our review over the last five weeks. And now we've got the previews. Our all-important tipping competition that we went through before the break. I'm in front. I'm loving life. Joel second. Josh languishing again. Just putting that out there. Thank he thinks you. he's such a genius. I wasn't aware. So you're getting, uh, you're getting taken down a couple of pegs today. And All right. Bowl of words is... Uh, just nudging it ever closer to you. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger, though. <laughs> That's very true. Um, we'll go. We'll start with the previews. The ATP 500 event in Washington. Seed Sears, Verev 1, Isner 2, Goffan 3, Edmund 4, Kyrgios 5, Pui 6, Nishikori 7, Hyun Chung 8, Denis Shapovalov 9, Tsitsipas 10, uh, Steve Johnson 11, Karen Khashanov 12, Francis Tiafo 13, Jeremy Shardy 14, Misha Zverev 15, and Andre Rublev 16th. We've got a couple of Aussies in this draw. Uh, Nick Kyrgios will take on James Duckworth, who won his first match in about a year and a half this morning. Uh, over, I don't know if you've seen the spelling of this guy's name, but you'd pronounce it as Tyson, but it's T-H-A-I hyphen S-O-N, which is a really interesting way to spell this name. Uh, I can't Tyson. Remember. Tyson Quid. Maybe Quid- he has a Tyson. Ty- oh, well, wow. <laughs> well, jo- Joel's just chimed in as well. well. That's the literal Tyson spelling. Tyson Kwiatkowski. <laughs> so look at that. That's Why would you spell it like that? Oh, creative parents? I, I, just, yeah. I don't get it. I remember, They're not creative. Yeah, They're just stupid. There was, um, I don't know who was it. It was telling me a story of a girl. Her name was spelled L-A. It was a dash yeah. and an I. And her name was pronounced, uh, pronounced Ladasha. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my God. I was going to say, well, let's not forget there is an American on the tour called Tennis Sangren who's... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to go there again. Yeah. <laughs> we know the story. Yeah, we do. We know it by now. Um, so, yeah, Duckworth had a win this morning. He'll take on Kyrgios next. I'd love to see Duckworth beat Nick. We all know my feelings on Nick on this show. I just... I just oh, There's another coin in the jar. Yeah. Imagine we had a coin for every time I've, I've said something about Nick. We'd, we'd, all, we'd have mm. enough to go to Nando's or something for yeah. dinner tonight. Vel's, Vel's swear jar equivalent would be like my jar for Simpsons references. Just a coin yeah. every five seconds goes in there. Yeah. With Nick. About Nick Kyrgios. But um, yeah, he'll play Duckworth next. Alex Demonor defeating Vasek Pospisil this morning. 6-7-6-2-6-3. We'll play Steve Johnson Next up, he beat Johnson in Brisbane, so I wouldn't put that past the Demon. Jordan Thompson lost to Jared Donaldson in straight sets. Uh, Stan Vavrinka uh, fell to Donald Young this morning, qualifying uh, 6-4, 6-7, 7-6 there. So a bad loss for Stan, but Andy Murray making his North American return. over. He won over Mackenzie McDonald, 3-6, 6-4, 7-5 in two hours and 37 minutes. I don't know if you saw Murray's reaction after winning that match. Uh, it was more vocal than his three majors, his two Olympic golds, and his ATP finals win. Unbelievable. Oh, he, like, the emotion was was there for all to he, see. He's coming up against someone who beat him in straight sets about a week ago. 
Again, Col- no, it oh, was about about like a month ago. ago yeah. um, like Kyle Edmund, yeah. So that's going to be more difficult for Andy Murray. But look, I think it's just good to see him back on tour after the hell that he's gone yeah. through with his hip. So brilliant to I see. I can expect a ranking rise from him sometime. Well, he'll so. go up 150 spots just this week alone into the top 650. Yeah. So he slipped down a fair way, but Andy Murray, uh, he could be coming back well I wonder if that's tour. ever been said on the show, into the top 650. It's never I been. Don't, I don't think it's been said before. It's never been said on this show. That's. I'm just trying to break ground on this show. We, we've got to find new things. We're up. We're nearly up to our third birthday, so um, we might need to get the party hats out again. I reckon. I reckon. Um, but picks for this tournament here. We'll start with yours, Joel. Uh, I think Alex Verov will win. Yep. Uh, against uh, Karan Khashanov. Karan. Uh, but um, don't don't discredit Nikira. So I think he's a, a bit of an outside chance. I don't. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> I don't. He, he bloody he, fifty-two minutes into his match last week, and he's just been and he's just pulled the pin. Um, he's always injured. There's never. It's just an excuse every week. It mm. does my head in. Um, Josh. Ah, uh, well, firstly, I want to back up Joel by saying Nick Kyrgios is going to make a semi-final. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I will say my prediction is I have Isner beating Zverev in the final. Isner continuing his good run of form. I've got Zverev winning and uh, Kyle Edmund to make the final. So I reckon he'll, he'll account for Murray and then get through the bottom half of the draw. We'll move to Los Carbos now. And uh, Juan Martin Del Potro is the top seed. Fabio Fonini second. Damir Jumhur, our favourite name on the tour, is uh, the third seed. Adrian Manorino, Joel's favourite player ever, <laughs> is the fourth seed. Sam Querrey, defending champ, fifth seed. Ryan Harrison was six, but he's withdrawn from the tournament. Taylor Fritz, seven. And Feliciano Lopez is eighth. Tanasi Kokonakis and Bernard Tomic both out. Kokonakis losing to Fritz in straight sets, two tiebreakers, and Tomic losing to world number 301 Belarusian uh, Igor Gerasimov. Another clinical performance from Bernie. Oh, look, he hasn't been that bad recently, I think, and he hasn't played since Wimbledon. Oh, has he played once, but not much since Wimbledon. So, look, these results won't surprise me until he gets his full conditioning back, but he's impressed me. As I said, after the French Open, he'll be in the top 100 by the end of the year. Yeah, he hasn't been too bad, but no one can make um, losing to someone that that low look so easy. No, he yeah, he does he does do that very well. But uh, the world number three hundred and one was able to account for him. But picks for this tournament, um, there's one really obvious outlier that I reckon all three of us may have. Joel, yeah, I I really can't see uh, anything other than uh, a Delpo Fognini final with Delpo winning. Fantastic, Josh. Oh, uh, well, I've got Delpo winning and. He's going to play in a final someone I haven't mentioned in Asia, uh, Asia, ages. I always said Asia, which is really <laughs> ironic because it's Nishioka. <laughs> <laughs> that actually segues beautifully. but um, It does. Yeah, the, look, he was one of your players to watch. He was. Did his ACL. Did his ACL, which was really disappointing. But he's coming back. He's improved quite a bit. And um, I'm, I'm backing him to have a big tournament. Fantastic. Thank you, Josh. Mine's uh, Delpo over Brit Cam Norrie. I reckon Norrie's going to have his major breakthrough to his first Why ATP. Why do you final. say that? The way he's been playing. He's been playing some really good tennis. Push Pui at the French um, did really well at Wimbledon, and then had a really good. Uh, was it in that? Made the semi-finals in Atlanta last week. He hits the ball really cleanly. I reckon he's got a big future, Cam Norrie, and he's really made some inroads this season. He's got a tough draw to cut to that final. Though, he so. does, but I reckon he'll overcome it. I just, I reckon he might be uh, might be up for the challenge. Who knows? He'll probably lose I, straight I sets I tomorrow. Said, I said tough draw, and one of them is Manorino, So Joel immediately disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Look, he's just got that evil smirk on his face. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in Kitchball now, Dominic Team, the top seed. It plays way too much tennis for my liking. Um, it, look, he really needs to take a break. He hasn't. He, he hasn't risen tennis. in the. He hasn't risen in the rankings at all this year. He's even. He's probably dropped. Which, well, it's because he got himself so high so quickly. He's just maintaining. 
He's not maintaining anything because he's playing too much. If he if he manages his body more, he'll be able to have better results I, on a more consistent. I think from like a conditioning point, he should probably be playing slightly less tennis. But if you love tennis, why why mm. why stop him? I don't know. Well, he was in the it's a pleasure Aust- to watch. He was in the Austrian army, so he's got discipline. So who knows? <laughs> um, uh, Philip Kohlschreiber two, Fernando Vadasco three, Robin Hasser four, Gilles Simon five out. Lost it. Matteo Berrettini has continued his good form one six six three six four. Maximilian Marta at six. Jan Leonard Struff seven. Uh, lost the Taro Daniel, the Japanese man uh, seven six six one. And Dusan Lajevic is the eighth seed. Who are our picks for this tournament? Uh, well, first thing I will say is just before I go to the picks, I really don't see the point of this tournament because um, it's on clay. Well, Hamburg um, was too. I just don't get it. Yeah, well, I, both of them. I, I mean, really, like, what, what's what's the mm, point? Um, that said, though, I think even that it is on, on clay, Dominic team has to be the favourite. Um, and yeah, I'm going to pick a South American. Um, that's going to be his uh, adversary in the final. Um, we've already spoken a bit about him, Nicholas Yari. Fantastic. Yari. Hari. Hari. Yari. Hari. Jerry. Jerry, um, yeah. <laughs> there's about four different ways you could say it. Jerry. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, Josh. Oh, uh, you can't not pick team. Like, if you're not picking team, you haven't just been watching him play on clay recently. Is this uh, segueing into you not picking him? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> all good. Uh, I've got team winning in a final, and I've got him versus uh, Vadasco. Vadasco? Well, I've got that final, but flip it the other way around. I've got Vadasco winning. Um, probably going to be very wrong, but, you know, I- I'm he's winning. This, I've he's got- the second best clay, clay caller in the world. I've got... I've got room. I've got room to burn. So we'll yeah. see how we go. Um, in the WTA now, we'll go to Washington. We'll back to Washington. Wozniacki was the top seed uh, out with a right leg injury. So uh, Isaline Bonaventure will come in as the uh, as the replacement lucky loser, lucky loser at the top of the draw. Uh, Sloane Stevens two, uh, Naomi Osaka three, Ekaterina Makarova four, but she lost to Anna Bogdan seven six six three. Uh, and um, Alexandra Krunic was five, lost to Katie Bolter six two six love. Belinda Bencic six, uh, Donna Vekic. Seven and Yulia Patintseva eight. Uh, Olivia Rogovska, sorry, also in this draw. She'll play Magda Lynette up next. So um, was she your was she your slider, Magda Lynette? Uh, riser, riser. Sorry. Um, per, no, you said Poland haven't had a very good week in sport or year in sport. But she so, was a little glimmer of light, though. Oh no, she was, wasn't she? All right, I miss misheard that. Ignore me. Um, so Rogovska will play her. I can't really see her winning, but look, hopefully for an Aussie pride. She'll get us through. Um, picks for this tournament, Joel. Can I throw it to Josh? I'm actually going to rethink my pick. Okay. Uh, right, Josh. Go to me. Um, I've got Sloane Stevens making the final, and I've got him losing to Naomi Osaka. Perfect. I've got Osaka and uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova in the final. Unseeded, dangerous floater. Very dangerous floater. Have you rethought? Yes, I have. I'm ready to go. Yep. Uh, so I think Naomi Osaka will win the tournament. Yep. And she'll beat Belinda Bencic. Perfect. In the final. Belinda Bencic. Well, so we've all got Osaka. We're all on that base. Yeah, right pretty much. Well, the way she's played this year, I think she mm. she deserves she deserves some favoritism. I there. really rate her. I genuinely do think she is not the next Serena Williams. I don't think there will be another Serena Williams, but she'll be the next almost kind of prototype, if so you like. Yeah. You'd say almost certainly she'll be world number one at some stage. I think she will. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had her in your top 10 in five years when we did that a few months mm. ago. So, yeah. um, no, definitely has a lot of pedigree. In San Jose now, uh, Gabinia Muguruza, the top seed, Madison Keys two, v- uh, Venus Williams, three, Elise Mertens, four, uh, Mihaela Buzanescu, five, Serena Williams, six, as we mentioned, lost to Johanna Conta, six, one, six, love this morning. Uh, Jung Shui, 7. Tamea Barbos, 8. Uh, Ala Tomjanovic defeated uh, Georgina Garcia-Perez, 6-1. Oh, sorry, 6-4, 6-1. So, good start to the tournament for her. I think she plays keys up next. So, not an easy match for her. But picks for this tournament here. Uh, do you need to rethink another one? 
Or nah, you're, nah, all, you're all good. No, nah, I'm settled on this all one. All right, good. What have we got? Uh, Joe Conta to win. Joe Conta? Yeah. Really? I was just I was just really impressed by the way she played today. Who she beat? Um, you, you know. Pardon? <laughs> Serena. No, who does she beat in the final? Oh, who does she beat? Uh, of course I know she beat Serena. Yeah, uh, Gabinho, I think. Um, Gabinho. I, I will say, just before we get to your picks, Johanna Conta has to be the biggest sook on the WTA. <laughs> she was getting upset because Sabulkova was slapping her thighs at Wimbledon it's just like to pump herself points. up. Yeah, just to pump herself up. Yeah, that, yeah, a bit soft. People scream and people grunt a million times louder than Sabulkova. Yeah, it just, it, Conta frustrates me. And it's sort of like, it's, it's kind I mean, of if like. If she started doing the huck, I'd be a little bit concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. But look, Conta, it seems when she comes to Australia, her British accent fades. And then when she goes back to Britain, she's really British. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe because she was born here. Um, uh, I don't know. She's got Australian roots. Mm. In between hitting sessions, she's having strawberries and cream, is she? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. She could be... I don't know what she's doing, but something something fishy. There's something fishy there. Who are your picks? Oh, I just want to talk about the second round matchup of Muguruza, Muguruza versus Azarenka. That is delicious. It is delicious. Fantastic. Uh, I've got Muguruza winning the tournament, yep. and I've got him knocking over Keys in a really relatively boring prediction. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, Keys over Azarenka. So I reckon Azarenka's going to get over Muguruza. I just think she she needs a big run at a tournament. Mm. So we'll see what happens. Um, as with the WTA, we could be very right, or you could be very, very wrong. We're so, usually very wrong. Yeah, usually very wrong. I think Joel, Joel went a fair while without picking one a couple of years <laughs> back. So um, we had the we had the celebration drinks in here when when he finally did. So. Um, yeah, that's about it for Breakpoint Podcast today. It'd be nice to catch up with you guys again and I've missed, I've missed your faces. So it's just nice, nice to be back in our Brunswick studio. The US Open coming up soon as well. Very exciting. Yeah, I know. Times. We'll probably miss another five weeks there, won't probably. we? Probably. <laughs> um, no, let's hope not, but, uh, we'll see you next week. Josh, thank you very much for joining me, mate. No worries, Val. Always great to be here. And Joel Frucci as well. Thank you very much. Good to be back, mate. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod. They've deactivated our account for some reason. I don't know why. I've got to chase this up with Twitter, but you can still follow us anyway. Um, break, uh, Facebook is at Breakpoint1 or just search Breakpoint. And then Instagram is at Breakpoint Podcast. Also, subscribe on Wooshka and iTunes. That's where all our shows go up. I've been Val Febo. Hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week.